welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today is April 27th, 2022, and Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we are so delighted to continue our conversation with platinum recording artist Stephen Curtis Chapman and his dear wife, Mary Beth Chapman. And if you did not listen to last week's podcast, uh, I would do something that I don't usually do. I'd ask you to stop this one and go back and listen to next week and then come and listen to this one. But today we're really going to tackle grief and loss. And of course, maybe for many who have followed the Chapman's story, they're familiar uh, that 14 years ago, uh, almost 14 years ago, they lost their sweet daughter, Maria Sue, uh, in, an, in an accident that happened in their home. And they are going to, to talk a little bit about that. But more importantly, they're going to talk about just the ways that the Lord has has guarded them, has guided them through this process of grief and loss. And certainly, while it is something that is still real uh, and still present with them, how the Lord has really helped them to be able to take the next step. And so for many, maybe who've experienced grief or loss personally, uh, I know that this podcast will be balm to your soul as both of these sweet brothers, this brother and the sister will point us back to the arms of Jesus uh, during this conversation. But also for those who have, have entered into any type of ministry, we know that ministry is hard, that ministry can be difficult, and then we have an adversary. And oh, this sweet couple does such a great job of, of, of helping, again, point back to God's word to help us persevere in what the Lord has called us to. But before we join the infamous and venerable Dr. Rick, and before uh, we hear for the rest of this conversation, I want to remind you about parent coaching. And even as we're talking about grief and loss, many times as a parent walking through foster care adoption, it's hard, it's difficult, and you're experiencing miniature grief and loss each and every day. And maybe sometimes even through those grief and loss moment. You don't know where to turn. You don't know what to do and you don't know how to take the next step. Well, parent coaching is a service that's available for any parent who needs additional insights into their child's behavior. It's tailored to each family and each child. These are 45 to 60 minute sessions filled with proven tools and techniques to use in building additional strengths for parenting. And so maybe you're at a point where you just need some help. You're not ready to need therapy or counseling, but you just need a little help and you need a little coaching. Parent coaching is tailored for this. See our show notes or visit lifelinechild.org backslash parent coaching. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash parent coaching for more information and to be connected with a Lifeline staff member. So we want to pick up where we kind of left off last week with our conversation. And obviously, you know, grief and loss is something that that happens in all of our lives. Mm -hmm. And you know, last week we talked even about how when you walk into adoption and, and even today with all the things we know, people still think, well, love will be enough. Right. And I think we even have this idea of, you know, pushing up daisies and daffodils when we adopt and everything's just going to be this primrose path. But 
That's not scriptural. When we read the Bible, the Lord right. never calls us to anything that's easy. Should have started yeah. a casino. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, strip club casino? God the enemy would have left us alone. That's right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You yeah. know what right. <laughs> You guys know. You know. You know. You're right. When you push up yeah. against the things oh. that, yes. that are passionate, or when you push up against the things of the enemy of this world mm-hmm. that are passionate about the heart of the father, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to meet hurt. And yeah. yet through it all, it's those moments that we never would want to go through that the Lord uses so much for his glory and for his good. And I, I remember watching Larry King live and seeing your whole family, you know, you and you and your three oldest kids on Larry King live and to know something that never in a million years would you ever want to experience, to see the Lord use that for his gospel to go forth mm-hmm. on a cable news network. And I, I remember, too, at that moment, and I think obviously something y'all knew, like your ministry will never be the same. Um, and show hope will never be the same. Your personal lives will never be the same. Your music will never be the same. But I think for a lot, they may not go to the depths of that type of grief and loss that y'all have gone through, but grief and loss is a part of our story. And so without trying to make y'all rehash those events, I want to take maybe a different part and say, what is going through some of the hardest grief and loss that anyone could ever go through? What has it taught you about the character of God? And how would you encourage other families that are entering into even an adoption journey to be prepared for the grief and loss that comes with adoption? Well, I'll I'll start because um, I know we both have lots lots to that we have pondered. I sort of say lots to say, but sometimes mm-hmm. you know when we start trying to say it, there's there's mm-hmm. we're still trying to formulate a lot of it because it is a journey that that we're on, and it's kind of a uh, an unfolding you know story. I mean, we're you know, watching even our, our kids process this grief and loss and trauma, you know, at, you know, 20 years old, uh, or 30 years old when they were, you know, 14 years younger mm-hmm. and even how they, they're processing this. So it's an, it's a, it is definitely a, an ongoing, uh, journey for us in that um I, the first thing that just came to my mind is as you were talking about just what has that taught you or what is it teaching us again i think it's you know more that ongoing process uh, about god and um his character and, and just our relationship with him i think so much of Scripture, uh, you know, growing up, seeing it through a lens of the gospel was really presented to me and probably a lot of people in my generation, um, kind of on the heels of the Jesus movement and all of that, that God loves you and has a wonderful plan Mm -hmm. for your life. And the way that is interpreted is, man, this is why would you not, you know, want to do this because you follow you know, you follow God's plan for your life. It's going to be wonderful. And, um, and, and I, 
In fact, I have a song uh, on my new, some of the new music I'm writing that begins with a lyric that says, I grew up singing a song that told me every day with Jesus would be sweeter than the day before. Mm. So we all remember that hymn. If you grew up as I did, you know, singing that, that hymn and, uh, and the preacher said, this is the gospel. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And, uh, and every word of that's true, but the trouble with, with the truth is there's a lot we just don't understand this side of heaven. And so I think processing that, you know, for, for us has been looking back at, and, and you said it, you know, Harvey, that, you know, scripture never promised that, but you can certainly take, you know, certain verses and highlight them mm-hmm. and get, get that, you know, version of what it's going to look like to follow yeah. Jesus. If you don't, you know, get, get too deep into it and begin to realize, wait a minute, <laughs> Jesus said in this world, you're, you're going to have trouble. Let's look at the lives of those who were his followers right, right out of the gate. Right. Where, where did that lead them? Ooh, wow. That was not the, the wonderful plan that I might interpret it to be go back into the Psalms. And I think for me, particularly the Psalms, became a completely different experience of, of and, and really a, a different book in the Bible, having walked through the journey of losing our daughter. Because so often as a musician, a songwriter, I grew up singing the songs, you know, that were, you know, the, uh, you know, thy loving kindness is better than life. And, <laughs> you know, his banner over me is love and better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. You know, all these just really hopeful, awesome, man, those, that makes me feel really good and skipped over so much of the beginning of even a lot of those very passages that start with how long, oh Lord, are you going to forget me forever? You know, I mean, you read that and it's, you, you hear, you know, the psalmist, you know, just saying it's implying that, you know, you've forgotten me, God. Mm -hmm. And is this forever? Because I feel forgotten. I'm not on your radar. I don't even know if you are hearing me or if you Mm -hmm. exist or, you know, wrestling Mm -hmm. deeply with confusion, even anger and all of those things. God didn't edit that out, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you see the, the psalmist getting to the point to go, okay, deep breath, pound on my chest here for a minute, get the heart and go, so why are you so downcast in me? You know, this, this conversation that you begin to see where it's like hope in God, women, you got to drop anchor again in what's true because the circumstances, your emotions, your feelings, all of that. And the wonderful, amazing thing is it never, ever did you hear God saying, you know, nope, don't, don't go there. I'd say, no, go there. Just take me there with you. Cause I'm there. I'm already there and go wrestle with it. But you don't you don't wrestle with it alone and and pour out your heart to me mm-hmm. and then come back to that place. If you if you will, it's where I'm leading you to come back to the place to say, all right, I'm going to uh, I'm going to believe that, you know, I would have lost hope. You know, scripture says if I didn't believe we would see the goodness of the Lord, even in the land of the living. You know, there's a part of us mm-hmm. that hangs on like, OK, I know that day's coming mm-hmm. when we're finally going to get there and God's going to wipe every tear from our eyes. So I guess I just have to hold my breath and just, you know, and that's the part I think for the journey of adoption for so many families, part of the process for us has been saying, we really believe God's actually Mm going to show up. It doesn't mean it's all going to get fixed and get made, you know, all better, but he's going to actually show up in the land of the living while we're still here, this side of heaven, 
We're still going to live with brokenness. We're going to live with shattered, broken hearts, unfixable things that we don't have answers for. But God's going to meet us even in that. Um, that's that's some of what I feel like I know I and we have learned in this process about the heart of God and in this journey. Yeah, I, I think um, obviously, amen, all of that. It's It's been, uh, I call it a lot of times for us personally, as it pertains to the accident, kind of a long walk out. <laughs> That's what I, it's, it's, I, I tell Steve, a lot of times I have this kind of vision in my head of me being right on the edge of this really thick forest. And when I'm in it, can't, literally can't see, can't see the sunlight, can't see anything. But, you know, every so often I'm still like, I'm wandering on the edge and then past the forest is this awesome, warm, sunny meadow. Like, you know, so it's like, it's just like this long walk out of just, trusting the Lord to, to, to be goodness in the land of the living. Mm -hmm. And, and in, in my journey, what, what's, um, I I think what maybe might resonate with someone who's like on the adoption journey. I I think we, when we walk into adoption, we have that idea of what it's going to be, no matter how prepared we, we even may be for it to be hard Mm -hmm. or for it to be a little difficult or an adjustment. I think, secretly we're thinking it's all going to go well because mm-hmm. you know those promises we highlighted mm-hmm. you know yeah and then when when it doesn't and it gets hard and, and that can be everything from it being really difficult with a really difficult situation with a child you can also just be mourning the loss of it's different mm-hmm. like all of a sudden i'm a mom to an infant and i had a 9 12 and 13 year old mm-hmm. There's a whole lot to mourn of what I just lost. It just set me back <laughs> a decade, you know, just, and that's okay. Like right. you, you gotta feel that like that it's different. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm grieving currently. I grieve a little bit differently that I don't have now as much time with my grandchildren because I'm still parenting, right. you know, the just now getting into that empty nest zone, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I had the grandchildren when I normally would have been completely available. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm parenting. I tried to warn them. I tried to warn them. <laughs> okay, well, like, what you're, you're at, what you're asking is a trade-off. Like yeah, I'm not right. going to be able to, you know, anyways, but, um, but there's grief, right. And, and, and whatever that is, I think in my personal grief of, of deeply grieving the loss of a child is that, is that, um, God is there. Mm. Um, and he's like Steve said, he's just as present on those days as he is the days where it's like, I can feel the sunshine. I'm, mm. I'm actually out of the forest and I can, I can actually taste it and see it. And he has, he has proven that he hit, you know, I, I'm wrestling with you over in the forest where it's cold mm. and, and shouting, but I'm also over here. And I think, but that's 20 steps forward and 10 steps back. That's yeah. my journey. My journey is it hasn't been just an up, uphill uphill it's getting better 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 and the and the further i i walk away you know you know also you know i'm not walking away from maria i'm walking toward her which is true like mm-hmm. as christians we believe that i'm walking towards a day that that all of this will make sense mm-hmm. right that it's not going to make any sense here and 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 it goes without saying that um i would would give anything for that day to have just push rewind and it not happen. But because of it, what do we do? And, and, and we can only offer, mm. you know, our, our deep pain and brokenness to go. We've, we're surviving. And sometimes it's a minute at a time because it's still, it's been, it'll be 14 years in May. Um, 
And sometimes it's just as fresh as it happened yesterday. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like, okay, God, you know, you're really, you, you really mm. are here and you're really in this healing game, but it is, it's up and down and mm. up and down and up mm. and down. And um, we grieve differently, Stephen and I. That's the other thing that really surprised us was, um, I mean, Scotty told us, I think day one or two after the accident, it's like, he reminded us how many parents divorce mm. after the loss of a child. I'm like, okay, I don't need to be told that right now. Um, you know, and 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 yet, very true. We, we grieve very differently. And on a day I might be doing better, he's not doing so good. All of that, that all runs parallel with the adoption journey, mm. right? There's days that dad's got it, mom doesn't, mom's about to lose her mind. You know, there's days that's opposite. And so I think if we can just remember that it it's, it, you know, is as um, quippy as it sounds, it is a marathon and it's mm. not a sprint. And that God's got us. Um, he has been in my life and particularly watching my son's journey that boy has been prayed for probably more than than most for sure at one given point in his life probably the most prayed for young man on the planet and god has shown up in ways that i can't even begin to articulate that he was going to care very well for him and why why it has to be that for that has to be a story i won't understand that's question number one on my list of questions for god when I get to heaven that I won't need to ask because I'll be in heaven. But <laughs> but I have my list. Maybe you got the list. I have a list. I have a big list, a long list. <laughs> um but but he has really just such a visual of the way God mm. cares for um for people who are in deep, deep, deep grief. And so I guess just um long way to say that there is just so much hope in the mm. gospel and and this week is a great week to talk mm. about that as you know we're leading up to easter you know mm. we we mm. have a great time celebrating christmas right you know in the birth of jesus mm. but do we really sit in the in the week between yeah. palm sunday and easter when you know he was walking mm. towards the cross and um and so just to just to be reminded that you know the days that mary beth is having the big pity party and and just about as sad as it can be you know he's just as present as on the day that that things are going really well and so i think that's it's not easy to do yeah. um, but to remember that on our journeys because i know there's a lot of families who are who are struggling and and, and fighting that day in and day out of just wanting to give up and not and not thinking that anybody's seeing or hearing um god does see and hear mm. and and the story is always unfolding, yes. and yet we get glimpses right in the middle of the unfolding of the story. Right. I, I, even thinking about Holy Week, had the opportunity to preach for Palm Sunday, and talking about the peace of Palm Sunday, and part of that peace is that Jerusalem was the city of peace. But yet during Holy Week, it seemed like nothing. Yeah, it wasn't the city of peace. And even today, if we look at Jerusalem from a geopolitical sense, no, yeah. it's not a city yeah, of it's peace. Not a city of peace at all. But the peace that was bought was the peace that was was bought during Holy Week when Jesus was condemned unjustly, um, when you know his disciples scattered as fast as they could, and yet he purchased peace on the cross. Mm -hmm. And so during Holy Week, even I'm sure you know on Saturday when it's silent, the disciples are huddled together like, "What in the world has this been about?" Mm -hmm. But but God is unfolding that story, and I think 
going through grief and loss, it's so important to remember there's a greater end and we can't see it. We can't. And I think, you know, just even listening to the two of you share just then, I mean, Psalm 139 was just echoing in my mind. And, and we, you know, that's one of those in, in the orphan care world that I feel like we, like we run up the flagpole a lot <laughs> and, and talk about in terms of God's care for kids yeah. and, yeah. and his heart for, you know, the vulnerable. And, and I think, but what an encouragement for us to say, it doesn't matter the depths, the heights, the, the, all of the things in between, like the thing that we get is, is we get the Lord's presence. And, and things that we would not choose and things that we would not want to walk through are, are moments where those things are like they're that's tangible. Like, like those are the, those are the places where, where we, where we see and, and feel and hear and commune with the Lord in ways that we might not otherwise even have the opportunity to do. I, I, you know, I've told this story a lot, but I I think in, you know, very early on in our adoption journey, I was, we were like in the paperwork process heading, you know, toward adoption and um, Russ Moore and I were teaching together. And one day Russ stopped me in the hallway and he was like, man, how you doing? And I just spewed on him. Mm. It was just embarrassing stuff now to say, man, but, but I remember in in his in, in his grace and his in his wisdom, he pointed he pointed his finger in my face and he said, "You know, you need to remember that through this process, you're going to learn things about God that you would have no other way." Mm-hmm. And what I didn't understand, you know, fully, was the number of times that that would reveal things in. In, in me and in our family and in each other that we're just not a whole lot like Jesus. And, and we're, we're things that God was, was working in and working out of us. But um, I just thank you for your transparency to, to say that even in, even in the hard and the hardest of hard that um, like you can and you do confidently say, that the Lord's the Lord's there, and and I think there are people, there are people in the adoption community right now that are probably struggling to mm-hmm. embrace that. Yeah, yeah, you because know? they don't like it. I mean, mm-hmm. they also like that's where I was. Like, mm-hmm. man, okay, I'm thinking it. I might as well say it, Lord. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. This was not good. This did not feel. Like this was mm-hmm. what was best for our family, and that sounds like a cool joke at best. But walking it out and having to live it, you can't, you can't, you can't outlove the Lord. And He really did. He really was there, and mm-hmm. and and still not liking how that story played out. Still saying, mm-hmm. but but. Can we just can we push rewind it and just be a different way? Can it be a different way? Can it be a different way? But yet, God, I don't, I don't, we won't know until heaven really, you know, you know what was best. What's best is for Marie to be in our family and for Marie to grow up and for Maria to, you know, be about her shenanigans that she was always about and you know all the things. But but God, you know, God's story, God's unfolding, God's glorious unfolding of the story is 
to trust at that level to go, no, to, to say I trust you in that is to like say that that was okay. It's not okay. Like you, you have to understand that. Hear me say, I'm a mom. That's not, it's not okay. But yet I have to trust that ultimately that story will have such a amazing, you know, I cannot wait, you know, mm-hmm. to see that reunion. Um, yeah. Of, it's, it, it's, I say this night after night when I'm, you know, sharing, just trying to encourage people in my concerts. Um, and I really feel like it's the message that God's kind of given me and us um, in our unique ways of expressing it. But, you know, just this, the reality of that the story is not over yet. Mm-hmm. And you just said, you know, it's just this unfolding story. And I mean, that has become the, um, such the, you know, just, just where I feel like for us to have to continue to encourage ourselves, our own hearts and other families, because I mean, we, we've just journeyed in and as life goes on and now look back on, you know, the songs I wrote and the things in the early days. And thankfully I can say, God, you know, none of it, I don't cringe at any of it and go, Boy, what was I thinking? I just had no, I just had a very little clue of what I was saying when I said, you know, Hey, it's going to be an adventure. We're going to go on mountains, you know, you know, we'll, we'll travel over mountains so high. We'll go through valleys so deep, you know, still through it all, you know, we'll find this is the greatest journey the human heart will ever know. Quoting my own lyrics. So that's pretty bad, but, um, but it's, you know, I wrote that and it was like, you know, here we are on this adventure. It is all, you know, absolutely true in our journey but you know when we encounter i mean just even things that our extended family you know we're walking through now with mental illness and and issues that are just heartbreaking and god just why why won't you fix this you know and the the things that we've walked through god you could just that you could have this could have been done so differently and then watching and walking through with families in the adoption journey and the brokenness and the trauma and getting an understanding of that and seeing God's hand in the equipping of and the incredible things that are that are there that we didn't know about. But but even with those still going, but God, I don't still know if it's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember just that little quote of that Beth Moore uh, shared in a in a amazing thing that she talked about in some of her own journey and says, you know, got to keep asking you to change this and change this, but could it be that your, could it be that your perfect will is just this hard mm. right now? Mm. And, and what do we do with that? How do we, you know, process that to go, sure. could it really be that, that, you know, God is, and, and it all for me, I think, and for us is, has to be anchored in what Paul says, you know, if our hope is only for this life, right. we're, we're, Jesus right. to be pitied, right? right. We are, it, it is a pity, pitiful, you know, not, you know, but in a sense, there's just what a sad reality to think, man, my hope is just, if I, if I, you know, if I trust God, um, this life is going to go good. Mm-hmm. And that's my entire faith journey. Yeah. It's got to be anchored mm-hmm. in yeah. a belief and a knowing that it's the blink of an eye. It's a very, very slow, long blink. Sometimes it feels mm-hmm. like, but can we really believe that the day is coming and God's promise he's going to wipe every tear from our eyes, the broken things are going and to be I made think, whole? And I, I think with that, 
then comes the invitation mm-hmm. to to step into mm-hmm. okay so what do we do yeah. with that hard hard story yeah. what does show hope do what does yeah. lifeline do which is mm-hmm. why again i will say we love lifeline show hope loves lifeline mm-hmm. um because we we want to engage in those hard stories. What part can we be yeah. then? We we know yeah. there's hard stories and we know there are families that are in hard places. So what part of God's story that he's writing, it's, it goes back to the invitation to go, hey, you can be part of this. Like it doesn't have to be so hard for them. You know, be part of it, you know, be part of helping, you know, and then we get invited into, you know, gosh, if this wouldn't have happened back here, and, yeah. and maybe not this, and we can be part of kind of that forward momentum, um, which is why you know we love working with you guys and and the incredible staff at, at Show Hope and all all yeah. we get to do. And we get the opportunity get the to opportunity. do that in, right. in the context of community. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, like Absolutely. I mean, part of part of what you've kind of woven together is that that at no point on this journey, yes, God was there, but also also God's people were there. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I, I fear sometimes for families that are, that are walking through some of the circumstances that we walk through that the, like the very, the very human and probably the sinful piece of us wants to just turn inward and withdraw Mm -hmm. and to get away and to hide. Mm -hmm. And, and the, and the truth is, um, I'll just say, I'm really thankful for the two of you Mm -hmm. because, because I think it is, uh, Thanks for thanks for encouraging and modeling us, modeling for us to do it in the context of community, mm-hmm. to bring people around, to to have that community. And I, I, um, because I, I think it it amazes me to walk into churches with families that are work, walking through unspeakably hard things in adoption and foster care, who like they don't have a community that they can go in and just mm-hmm. drop the mask and be themselves and tell the truth. Yeah. And, yeah. and that part of what, part of what I think we all want in that is for, for the body of Christ to be a place where we, we can be okay, not being okay. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because, yeah. because we know at the end of the day that, that this, this mess is not all there is. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and I, I think the, you know, just part of the plea I would throw out to folks that are listening is if you're if you're walking through and you don't have somebody, uh, pray that the Lord shows you somebody and yeah. brings you somebody. Yeah. Um, because because we we're not strong enough to do this alone without the Lord. We're not strong enough to do it without God's people. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I would I would also say the same thing to anybody that is in a working in a church environment, mm-hmm. be sensitive to those families. Yeah. You know, because oh, I yeah. think I think sometimes I think sometimes churches, it's it's not because they mean to. It's just they are not as in tune to this family's really hurting, right? And the they don't they don't need to be looked at like this is the family with the child that this or this is the family. Mm-hmm. You know, they really need to be embraced. And I don't know how we do that, but you know, we're all working at it, right? We're all trying to help churches become better equipped to go. How do we now come around these families too? So, you know, it's, it's really both ways to really look at that, that communal piece where these families are, you know, just being sensitive to the families that are hurting. So it's, it's, um, we get to be part of that, right? We get to be part of, of going deeper and helping change. It's like know? in a physical nature, you know, so many times if somebody were walking with a broken arm, 
oh, are you okay? Can I help you? Yeah. Because we see it. Yeah. But if they come in with an internal bleed, that's actually a lot more damaging than right? how to help them. That's Sometimes right. we even know that anything's going on. That's right. And so we need to pray that the Holy Spirit would help us be intuitive. sensitive and intuitive, yeah, intuitive to the walking wounded that yeah. are coming in daily and weekly to our churches and to our yeah. presence and to our lives. Yeah. To really give yeah. them a place to say, it's okay to not be okay. Like, you yeah. know, it's like we try to put on our Sunday best mm-hmm. and all, mm-hmm. you know, I had a friend, I had a friend a couple weeks ago. Hey, the first time I saw you and Stephen, we were visiting Christ Community Church, and Stephen had the two boys up out in the North Edge, just wearing them out. <laughs> you, were them a, you were giving them whatnot for like you probably not taking sermon notes or something. Probably, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, they're sure just being normal. Steve's got, Steve's got Steve's got Caleb and Will, and I'm I'm just like, well, okay, they saw us, you know, our complete brokenness, but so much, you know, so so much of the time we just go in and we're mm-hmm. trying to like act right. You know, you know, do be, you know, be right, look good. You know, don't don't show mm-hmm. your weakness. And and you know, we really need church to be a place where we can That's show right. our weakness. And Absolutely. especially adopted adoptive families are, you know, and and I've heard so many great stories about churches becoming so much more intuitive mm-hmm. to, to adoptive families' needs. And and so yeah, um, we get to do it as part mm-hmm. of a community to 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 you know incite change and and, and for for good for good causes well one of the things and Stephen, you talked about just a minute ago about even quoting your song but uh i'll geek out for a minute one of the things that i really appreciate about your ministry is i remember getting the cassette tape <laughs> and getting the fold out oh, fold. Yeah. i'd like to i'd yeah. like to and go yeah. on note to say there was yeah. no eight tracks yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 i didn't but, miss that yeah, yeah. The, the, the only the yeah. only um yeah. format yeah that yeah. You missed. and seeing that every song was based upon God's word because mm-hmm. and I don't even, yeah. you know, I don't even know if you knew that those of us that were getting it, were appreciating it, yeah. but it was like, I even remember listening to your song and then going back and reading God's word and like, man, they did a beautiful job of capturing that. And I, I think about what y'all have gone through and then songs that you've written that were based on God's word, like his strength is perfect mm-hmm. or my redeemer is faithful and true. Going through grief and loss, and, and you touched on it with even the Psalms, how has God's word been truly a lamp into y'all's path and a light into your feet? Well, I, I love the way my wife references that scripture because I don't want to steal your, it's okay. you your thunder. You should, you should, okay. you should tell it. Let me no, tell it. Yeah, I mean, I'm ahead. giving you credit. I'll make yeah. sure you, this is Mary Beth Chapman's words. These are, these are Mary Beth Chapman's words. Um, I'm quoting Mary Beth Chapman. Um, New York Times bestselling. Um, okay, sorry. All right. I'll straighten it. Um, but she, uh, we've talked about that, you know, even that verse, um, how we want that to be, you know, a, a flood flood lamp light, you know, flood lamp that, you know, shines High for beams. miles, you know, and, and wide and, and, you know, lights up the whole, you know, the, the whole journey for the next few miles. And the truth is a lamp, you know, mm. is just this little thing you're carrying that gives you just about enough light for your next step or two. Mm. Um, and even that being a, a, something that, um, you know, it's, it is a journey of faith. I remember, you know, at our very beginning of our adoption journey, um, hearing my wife say, I think we were 
talking with someone about it, maybe in an in, in interview, but it was before we had, you know, even gotten showy home. And I remember it, this doesn't sound that profound to say it now, but it just was very profound. I think for you to say, you know, I guess this is why it's called faith. I don't know where this is going to go. I don't, there's a lot of questions. I still have a lot of fear. I still have a lot of doubt. I mean, we got to China and, you know, I remember <laughs> you sitting story. on the bed with <laughs> our kids and they're bringing our daughter up the, you know, showy up the elevator and they say, she's here and we're coming up to your room and we're sitting in Changsha, China in the Grand Sun City Hotel waiting to meet our daughter. And Mary Beth sets down our three kids who were with us, Emily and Tanner, Caleb and Will at the time, and sets them, up, sets them on the bed and says, okay, guys, we're getting ready to meet your sister. And mom is not really sure what it, what I'm going to do. I might not be the mom you ever recognize again. I'm, I don't know. I mean, she didn't even know what she was saying. Basically she's saying, I might lose my mind. I don't know what's going to happen. And if you don't I, know me or you know, I, I just remember, I always loved you and I will always love you. Son. I mean, that's that was literally like, you. I'm like, what is, and they're looking at her like, what is mom saying right now? I don't, and I'm just kind of like, well, I don't know. Just, 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 just roll with it. Just go with it. Will yeah. Franklin was nine, Caleb was 10 and Emily yeah. just turned 13 yeah. and they're looking yeah. at me like, yeah. You have lost your yeah. I and think she, I have. Yeah. I, I and she was terrified in some ways and yet just taking the steps of faith. And I just remember hearing you say, I guess that's why it's called faith. It actually requires faith, mm-hmm. which means you don't, you, you got God's word, but even some of it is a mystery. Some of it doesn't, you're not going to understand it until you get mm-hmm. down the path. But can you trust the mm-hmm. next step? And trust the next step and, and really begin to, you know, see, uh, and, and watch how God does bring his word to bear, you know, in the moments that you need it and just anchor your heart to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's that we have this hope as an anchor, you know, scripture says, and I think for us, that's just been, all right, God, you promised this, you said this. So we're trusting you to honor your word and we're just going to, we're going to have to take the next step. With this little lamp, uh, it gives us, you know, it, it really is. Steps. Yeah, it really is true because I, I don't consider myself. Obviously, I'm not a Bible scholar and we have the theologian in our family, Emily. And <laughs> this this guy to the right of me knows quite a lot. And so I always feel a little um, ill prepared, you know, in scripture. But it is amazing when you do hide that word in your heart. Um, the one thing I can say, and I, I think that you would bear witness to this is when we lost Maria, what I didn't even know was buried in me came out. Like mm-hmm. it came out mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just in the ER to my kids mm-hmm. and, you know, to my family. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to the point that even now today, sometimes I, I'm, I miss that part of it's like, mm-hmm. man, that really, that was me too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like buried in me and it. And, and so to anchor your, yourself to, the sermons that you're hearing mm. and the scripture that you're reading mm. and, and all of that is, is it really is. This is going to sound cheesy. A lifeline. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. It's almost like you planned that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I actually looked up and saw that pen. And I was yeah. like, it really yeah. is. So maybe you use that sound like a few other. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of as our time comes to a close, I guess the question probably many would have is, so what's next for your family? Like if you, as you look ahead, 
what, what are those plans? I think you mentioned maybe our last episode, maybe a new album. Like, what are those things people can look forward to from Show Hope and from your family? Well, we would both probably like to say a really long nap is, <laughs> is, is coming, um, you know, and learning to, you know, somehow rest more. We are empty nesters now. This is a season of life for us that um, is bringing us to Alabama a lot as of late. We're not really sure you know, what that's about. No, we're going to see our daughter, um, Stevie Joy, cheer uh, at the University of Alabama football games and basketball games. But I am, uh, I've been writing some new music. Um, not really sure I was going to ever make another recording. Um, I, I keep wanting to say album and then people go, what is that? <laughs> record? What are those anymore? Cassette. Yeah, an I'm, I'm going to make another cassette tape. Um, but because everything is so different about, you know, just the way people even listen to music and do they listen to full recordings of, you know, uh, many songs that, you know, that kind of weave a story. That's what I love to do. And I've loved, you know, the opportunity to do all these years. And um, I think this pandemic and this season of life, uh, you know, perspective of where we are, where I am, things that I, songs that I would write that I wouldn't have written 10, 5, 20, 30 years ago, mm -hmm. uh, that seemed to become important. I felt like I was really compelled to say, I think there are some things that might be, and I don't know, will it be, you know, uh, you know, 10 people or 10,000, you know, that'll hear it and, and receive it, but it seems important, uh, and, and stewarding this, uh, well to, to offer it for people to have this encouragement and to hear this perspective of kind of where we are in our journey now. And, um, so, uh, have done that, recorded those songs, finishing that up. It should be out, uh, this fall coming, coming, uh, out. And um, we are uh, together in the process of, you know, I think with this empty nest, we've had this sort of idea and we've, we've dabbled this in it. a little scary. We've <laughs> dabbled a time or two with um, some things that we've done together, um, you know, just sharing our journey and our story, particularly um, Mary Beth wrote a book, Choosing to See, mm -hmm. a few years ago and, um, and just trying to steward that well. She came out and did some things with me on the road. And over the years, people have asked, as you can tell, she has great things to say and wisdom. And obviously, the show hope journey, she is a, a brilliant and that her knowledge uh, is, is so rich and, and deep in that area that I think encourages families and encourages people. Her honesty that always has me a little nervous of where, where she's going to go. She'll just say it, tell it like it is, uh, which is a beautiful, wonderful thing and people have appreciated. And so we've been approached about doing more things together, even writing a book together, which we are in the early process of beginning to meet with some people and, and, uh, start, you know, so hopefully I won't hurt you. No, I'm just tentatively. <laughs> Steve disappears. In a, in a, you know, with, with fear and, and trembling, uh, we are taking steps in that direction. But really feel like there are some, maybe some opportunities there for us. Um, and um, and then just, yes. Yeah, learning how to, yeah, learning how to be empty nesters has been an unusual year. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be, I was kind of looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. And obviously empty nest, I mean, the girls aren't out of college yet, so I don't consider myself a completely empty nester, <laughs> but... I do have six grandchildren, so, you know, kind of getting to spend some more time with them. We just recently took 
our oldest granddaughter, we, we've told all of them when they turn 10, we'll take them on a trip of their choosing within reason. Um, and so Eileen, this Emily's oldest, wanted to, who is like a chip off her mother's block. I'm like, oh no, it's another one. You know, I'm like, Eileen, you're 10. Start telling your mom you want a baby. There's a big payback, you know, yeah. the, you know, so, no. But um, we just took her, she wanted to learn how to snowboard. So here we go. Steve, I mean, I didn't teach her, but Steve did get on slopes with her. We actually got her some lessons. But, um, so we spent a few days with her. So we're looking forward to kind of being Grammy and Pop Pops and um, spending some time with them. And and then, you know, I'll be I'll be doing the show hope thing. Um, and um, I'm I'm still pretty involved there. Um, and we just looking forward to telling more people about our work and and yeah, so we're just kind of the the same old, same old in different different, you know, different ages. <laughs> yes. But, and no yeah. moment. That's no, right. Without come insult. on, man. No. Yeah. And I do get to scream. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say it, but I do get to scream Roll Tide quite a bit, which yes. I, if you would have told me that that's what I'd be doing mm -hmm. and I'd not have one but two daughters, I think, you know, it's it's unbelievable. You know, one of them is about to start her last year of a master's in social work. Wow. So, you know, Lifeline needs to come to Tennessee, you know. I don't know. I mean. It's good. Know. You just never know. I mean, plant. I'm planting seeds, but um, uh, yeah. So we're just. We'll be here a lot. So anytime you need us to come by, we'll just swing through on our way to Tuscaloosa. You know how good it is to hear the two of you say "roll." Oh right. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, him in Alabama. So I get kind of like I was asking somebody we're doing the prayer breakfast for Alabama in the morning, but it's at it's at University of Alabama. So I'm like, they're gonna be bands there and, and someone said no this is like west alabama so yeah. it'll be it'll yeah, be like yeah. alabama safe. i'm sorry safe. safe like yeah so look at i want to be sure i'm correct in my you're good yeah well friends we thank you all so much for taking this time and i think i say this for a lot of different people and i have my own story of how you guys have encouraged me through your journey but thank you mm -hmm. thank you for being faithful even when it was hard Thank you for sticking in it. And I think we're so, so many of us are glad that God sovereignly gave you all the same mailbox yeah. in college. <laughs> yes. uh, but your family has been such an encouragement. And I think even my journey, I've, I've told you all this privately, but to say it publicly, like 2002, my wife Ashley and I went to a concert and saw the video of Shoei coming home. Wow. And walked away from that concert Ooh. going, okay, Lord, how are we, what are we supposed to do with this? And even praying through adoption and what that meant for our family, didn't know it lead us to Lifeline. And then <clears throat> I remember when y'all started Show Hope, I started calling to try to advocate for our families and to be able to partner with you guys. It's just such a blessing. But for so many people who will listen to this podcast, thank y'all for being true. Mm -hmm. um, and thank you for allowing Jesus to write your story, even when it's been difficult and messy. Thanks for listening to The Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review The Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? 
please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.